Hi, I'm Kimmy Robertson. Hey, Ben, this is David Duchovny. Twin Peaks is over 30 years old. There's so much more to learn about Twin Peaks. I, we recommend you pick up our book, Twin Peaks Unwrap the Book, to find out even more about the show that you love. We have tons of great stuff. We have over 100 interviews. We have commentary from the community. We have us. We have some great photos that have never been seen by most folks. I think if you're a diehard Twin Peaks fan, you're going to absolutely love this book, and you will definitely learn something new. So pick it up at BlueRoseMag.com. Hi, I'm Sherilyn Fenn, and you're listening to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I've got idea, man. You take me for a walk under the sycamore. The dark trees that blow, baby, in the dark trees that blow, and I. And welcome to Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Brian Gazaska, and beside me is... Ben Durant. We've got Joel Bacco, and we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff, all the stuff related to the new series. We're on the phone with Joel Bacco. Hey, Joel. Hey, guys. It's so good to talk to you. I know it seems it's like... Been it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Yeah. Been Definitely before the return. Wow. That's why we had to have you on. We've got... Eight episodes that we could talk about, eight parts. Yeah. Joel, what do you think of the new series? I mean, I'm loving it. It's pretty much what I was hoping for, which is new, inventive David Lynch material that goes in, like, wild new directions he hasn't gone before, but also really seems to draw on all of his previous work. Like, mm, I think yeah. all of his films have been, you know, you can find references to pretty much all of them at this point. Um, some sure. more so than others. I mean, the last one, the first... Like five or ten minutes, there was just so much lost highway in there, mm. you know. Yeah. And then when we went with the giant and uh, Senorita Dido, there was like definitely sort of an eraser head and maybe even a little Elephant Man vibe. I believe this is his first black and white work within a feature. I mean, he's done commercials and music videos and stuff in black and white. I think it's his first sustained black and white like story filmmaking hmm. since the elephant man wow if i'm not mistaken yeah and I, I it's definitely his first period piece in a feature work since um or maybe even a short film his first wow. period piece since the elephant man so on your blog lost in the movies.com you've been every week you've been uh, putting out a post about the uh, parts yeah every night um, within a few hours of the episode, I'd, pu I'd publish uh, my response. Wow, that's every awesome. Every Sunday night. That's every ambitious. Every Sunday night, I should say. I, we can't do that. We, can't, we need a few days yeah. usually to digest it. Yeah, well, I it's mean... a little harder, I think, with the podcasting because you got to have everything set up. Mm. I think the only ones I've heard who did that was the guys who do The Gifted and the Damned. I have no idea how they get that turnaround. That's insane. Yeah, it really is insane. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I've been enjoying listening. I think... I've really lost track of most written things about the show. Way behind on stuff I thought I'd be reading on websites. But I've been keeping up pretty well with the podcast just because that's kind of easier for me to do. Sure. It's been great hearing everybody's perspectives week to week, you know. What's your favorite part so far? Definitely part eight. I've already yeah. watched it three times. I'll probably watch <laughs> it a fourth time yeah. tonight. And that's 
for the listeners who are listening to this on like Friday or whatever, that means like it's I'm recording this on Wednesday, so I've watched it every night since it was on. <laughs> yeah, isn't that something? Yeah, I mean, part eight after it ended, I texted Ben, then John Thorne. And then I watched it again at midnight. Like I, I, like I was just like I can't get it out of my head. Yeah. I need to talk to someone. And then I'm like I need to just see it again. Right, a piece of music almost. Mm. You know. Yep. Yeah. Thinking, which I think there was more music in this part than any other. Yes. Um, both, including New Angelo stuff. I mean, I think the music playing with the giant in the in there. I think that was. Lamente. I think you're right. And yeah. uh, I think the music playing when the woodsmen are smearing blood all over Cooper was, and I love both of those tracks. So if those are two new Badalamenti, that's great because I think people have been wondering, gee, like what happened? Why is he, why, you know, is this an aesthetic decision or did he just not make as much music this time or whatever? But this kind of shows, I mean, these are great. The stuff with the giant reminded me, it was very, very different from Voice of Love, but it reminded me of Voice of Love in its sort of um, feeling, that, you know. Yeah. Woodsman uh, scene, I think, is Beethoven's, uh, they, sometimes they call it Moonlight Sonnet, and it's slowed down, so I think that's where they got that. At least that's from Welcome to Twin Peaks. So it's slowed down? I think it's slowed down. Yeah, I'll from, have to listen to them side by side. And when you go to see. Welcome to Twin Peaks website, I think they have they have both versions. Okay. They have yeah. from the TV show, yeah. and then they have the actual L- Beethoven. Lynch has been slowing down everything. I mean, we heard American Woman slow down yeah. um by Lynch when, and that's interesting first, first appearance of evil Cooper yes. there Mr. Cooper yeah. and, and you know it's also odd Cooper's voice when he's talking yeah. behind the glass his voice is oh deep and I just realized it really kind of was that deep sounding from the woodsman the woodsman had that deep snarly yeah. sound kind of yeah the sound is beautiful yeah. it yeah. is I remember I remember Lynch saying before the series came out that, that you needed a good sound system and you he, do and you know, I didn't mention it on last week's show, but like this is like David Lynch's 2001 Space Odyssey, this the part eight. Yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you have all this explosion. You have 20 minutes of, of an atomic bomb and this whole sequence. And it's like, I loved it. And it was something, but it's so trippy and so crazy. And like, you never would have seen this on ABC. Like, no, <laughs> no, no, no. You want to turn off all the lights. You want to get as close as this TV and just blast it and just feel, immerse yeah. yourself in that world. I think there's like three Kubrick connections in this one because there's obviously all the stuff flying in the mushroom cloud is very reminiscent of the end of 2001. Mm. I think the piece of music he uses, the tribute to the Hiroshima victims uh, that yeah. he plays over um, the mushroom cloud, I think I know the same composer and I think the same song was used in The Shining. I think I read that somewhere. Uh-huh. Uh, what's the other? Oh, well, I mean, The Mushroom Cloud, Dr. Strangelove right there, you yeah. know? Mm. Uh, so oh, yeah. he is a Kubrick fan and that's one of the few directors. I don't really think of Lynch as being like a cinephile type of director like Martin Scorsese or Quentin Tarantino where it's like, oh, let me tell you about this movie, that movie, and this movie. Like Lynch has like a few movies he kind of talks about and he doesn't like to do too many, or he says he doesn't like to do too many overt references, but... Kubrick is definitely one of the ones that he sort of openly talks about. And Kubrick loved his work, and probably most people might know the story, but when Dwayne Dunham was editing uh, Empire Strikes Back, when he was like sort of on the set observing stuff, and maybe they might have had an editing booth at, at EMI, Kubrick was shooting The Shining. And one night he caught Lucas and Dwayne Dunham coming out of, you know, work saying, oh, guys, uh, come on over. We're going to watch a movie uh, at my place or something. And he brought them over and he showed them a racer head. 
said, this is my favorite movie of all time. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Stanley Kubrick. Cool. So. That is awesome. He, uh, he loved the racer head. Joel, how do you feel about this whole Dougie Cooper storyline? Like, how are you doing on that? I, I'm really fascinated with it, and I feel I'm definitely not on this train that people seem to be on of like, okay, let's get the real Cooper back, because to me, I think that defeats the purpose. I think it feels like if the question of the first Twin Peaks was who killed Var Farmers, the question of this one is what's going on with Cooper's identity and when will he sort of become integrated again? Mm. And I think just like they answered the Laura Palmer question and then it was like they had nowhere to go, uh, or at least they, they kind of lost their way for a while. I think resolving this thing and giving us like a Cooper who's in command of his faculties and all right, you know, damn fine coffee, let's go get... Like, that to me will just completely defeat the purpose of the show. I don't even know if it's about him getting back to that state. Maybe about him finding that he can't be that person anymore, you know? Uh-huh. So I don't know where he's going to end up, and I don't think he'll be in Dougie mode for the next 10 episodes. But I think whatever mode he's in is not going to be the complete integrated Cooper, because I just think that's the story is about that process. Yeah. It's not about that outcome. Connor. Even Kyle McLaughlin is basically says, you know, he as a person has changed and he was saying that he felt Dale Cooper has changed in yeah. 25 years. I'm on the fence. I mean, part of me is kind of like, I'm ready to move on. I want old Cooper back. But at the same time, Kyle McLaughlin has given an amazing performance every yeah. time he's yeah. played that character. I, it's so interesting to see what he's done with it. So I've enjoyed it. At the same time, I miss the old Cooper. I'm with Joel. I feel like we're not going to see the real Cooper, if anything, until maybe that last two parts. I don't want to predict, yeah. but I, I'm hoping uh, uh, part nine. <laughs> part nine, he's back. <laughs> no. I feel like... Each week, you're like, next part, next part. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to get it right eventually. Right, right, right. <laughs> what do you think about things that are not Twin Peaks? Well, it's interesting that we got so much in the first two parts, and then it really, con- it, I wouldn't even say it consolidated, because some of that stuff we haven't even really returned to yet. Mm. But it's like right out of the gate, they wanted to establish all these different threads. And then I assume at some point we'll be picking up on them again. Um, mm. But they That's really dropped think, a lot. Yeah. But we haven't seen Hastings since part two. So true. It's, it's sort of like there's two different strands of storytelling that you mm. can, that, you know, you can you can start off with one little thing and then expand and expand and expand, or you can kind of start off with all these scattered things and then slowly bring them together. Right. Yeah. And it seems like in his more recent work, Lynch likes to take that approach. Like he certainly does that with Mulholland Drive mm. and Inland Empire. He starts with these like scattered stories and then he finds a way in the end to make them feel like they're more related I would and he definitely seems too. to have done that with the return too yeah a lot of these strands i feel like we might not get any anything like um shelly's daughter yeah. i kind of feel like he's giving us a living world and in a living yeah. world all these things are happening but they don't have to have an ending say showtime after this was like yes we want you to make more well, yeah. guess what? We can go back to those characters that we didn't touch upon. True. But like I don't feel like Shelley's daughter has really any relevance right now to anything, mm-hmm. but it was cool to see what she was going through. Other than she's on Sparkle, so she's connected right, to yeah. this uh, this world of the drugs th- uh, that uh, True. Red is bringing more drugs into Twin Peaks and he wants to stay in Twin Peaks. So he, she's connected to this other She's other taking yeah, yeah, she's taking the drugs, but I feel like I wonder if that's any, like, uh, like, 
importance to the overall story. Like, I don't know. Are we, right. You know, I feel like we might I not. I do agree yeah. with you. I do agree that I think Lynch always liked the idea of, like, a continued story yeah. that was always there. And never He never wanted to resolve things. So I think yeah. he does like the idea to throw things out there. You can hear a little bit about this character, a little about this, a little about that. Yeah, I like that. I like it's a living, breathing world. It's like The Simpsons. You have all these characters. And you can have them show up on screen for a split second. And you go, that's awesome. Right. And they move on. But yeah. they're living their lives. It, it just gives it that world feel. That's an interesting thought. I just sort of instinctively felt like, okay, we're getting introduced to these characters and we're going to see more and that there'll be sort of an, a little arc for each of them. Yeah, um, if you look at it, if you were to isolate it over the whole episode. Now, I could almost kind of see it. I could see sort of a case for both ways. I mean, that would be an interesting approach. Twin Peaks has already shown it's, it's willing to be unconventional, so... It could do that. I would say that's a pretty unconventional approach for a TV show to say, we're showing you this not because there's a story here, just because we want you to have this moment with them. That could be sort of a new approach they want to take to, to TV. Now, the other thing is there's a lot of precedent for sort of those. It's not really a dead end. It's kind of the opposite in a way. It's like an open ending. But those sort of almost non sequitur type scenes that he has in, again, Mulholland Drive and Inland Empire, yeah. Where it's like you spend one scene with that character and you wonder, but you never see more. Now, the only yeah, issue yeah. with that, certainly in terms of Mulholland Drive, is that was supposed to be a TV pilot. Yeah. So part of me thinks the return is kind of, we're seeing what if Mulholland, I almost feel like it's more of a sequel to Mulholland Drive than Twin Peaks. Like we're seeing like, what if Mulholland Drive had been a TV show? And mm. you get that scene with the guy the, seeing the creature behind the diner, but then you see him, uh, him again, or you know maybe he's dead. You see the psychiatrist or something the next week, and you get that scene with uh, the prostitute outside the hot dog place and the mm. hitman talking yes. to her, and then you follow up with him like two weeks later, and you get another little small scene. And right. Yeah, that's more where my mind is heading, both because of that and because I feel like Mark Frost. I think he would prefer to have story beats and character development, even if it's only. You know, you got to think, we, if we visit with Becky every three episodes for a scene or two, we'll really only end up with four or five scenes. But those four or five scenes could tell a little story. Jacoby told a story Exactly. So far. That's the perfect mm. example so far. Like, yeah. we thought, gee, maybe we'll never find out. We just get to see him painting shells. Where I think Twin Peaks will follow sort of the general thrust of, of narrative. That's my guess. Yeah. And again, yeah. I could be wrong. I've been wrong. I think we will see Becky again. I think we'll see Richard Horn again. And I think what we'll see out of their stories, I don't think we'll get, like, necessarily a final nail in the coffin. You know, this maybe literally in some cases, and mm. this is the end. I think we'll get enough, though, to feel like there was a little short story there. It's like mm -hmm. if you open up a book of short stories and you get little story beats in it, and they, it, maybe it's just a snapshot of their life, but usually something happens to them between the beginning and the end of the story. And Lynch might want to do that, too. But if nothing else, I think that's Frost. that would be Frost's touch. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel yeah. like we're getting these scattered... I don't think we've seen the last of Becky. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I you're right. Not, she was kind of a fascinating character. She, you know? yeah. yeah, I mean, I feel like we got the Jacoby sprinkled in there, and we got a beginning, a middle, and end for him. And I right. feel like... Becky and all these other characters were going to get a little beginning, a middle, and end. But I think exactly, they're yeah. just a living, it just shows this, this world's living with other characters that are intertwined. Yeah. And we don't need a huge story arc that's ridiculous. We just want a taste right. of their life. Yeah. In Twin Peaks. In, I think we'll get a yeah. compromise between both. Not, and not in the sense of diluting both, but in the sense that I yeah. think 
we'll be able to get both. We'll get, this is a slice of their life, but there's something more happening to them than just, here's a peek at their life. Yeah, no, I, minute, I totally you know? agree. I, I, think, I feel well, it's Actually, let me qualify that a little bit. I think we may just get peeks with some of the older characters. Like Nadine. Or, yeah, I think we'll see more than we already have. But I think they're the closest thing we'll have to kind of fan service. It's like, yeah. like the missing pieces, basically. Those never would have worked within Firewalk with me, but they can almost work in an 18-hour film mm. the way they couldn't in like a five-hour film. Mm-hmm, like yeah. five hours isn't long enough to have all these little tangents, but 18 hours kind of is. Right. I don't think they're going to introduce new characters and then not really do anything with them other than just show us who they are. That's mm. my guess. Yeah, so yeah. So I think Richard Horn will have a story. Becky will have a story. Uh, her boy, her husband, Stephen. And I think those girls at the Roadhouse, I think we'll see them again, the ones who Richard tormented. Oh, really? Now, okay, here's a question. <laughs> uh, Amy Shield, they promoted as like this, like, this is one of the new big stars of Twin Peaks. Yes. Literally, you know, she's, we've seen eight and she has been in the middle of a chorus line of girls who watched somebody get beat up with no lines for about uh, 30 seconds. At the casino. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mandy, casino Sandy, girls. And Sandy. I'm fascinated to see what they could do with her, because I'm assuming she will play more of a part. Unless they just really liked her and were like, gee, this extra is going to be big. We're going <laughs> to like, put her out there. But yeah. like, maybe she has a really good agent. Seems like she's got to come back as something. I don't know. I mean, I do wonder if we were misled because of Mark Frost's audiobook with her being TP. Because we got so much mm-hmm. of her her doing mm. that piece. I think we all, I assumed she was TP. Yeah. Yeah, I think I did too. It's funny to finally see her and say like, that's her part? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And I keep saying, like, she's in the casino. Makes it kind of bad for Mandy and yeah. Sandy though. <laughs> <laughs> only, Candy gets, only Candy gets promoted. Yes. I have a question for you guys. Yeah. Once this show is done and we get the release date of the Blu-ray, mm. would you two be interested in a 18-hour uncut and, and when I say uncut, I mean, take out the Roadhouse songs, because usually those were the credits would roll. So mm-hmm. you could take out that. I mean, you, you could keep them in, I guess. That's an option. But an 18-hour version of this just put together? and Is that something we'd want? You guys would want? Are you saying, like, I would be on the DVD? Well, it wouldn't fit on one Blu-ray, right? Yeah. No, it wouldn't. It would be like, turn turn it over. No, like yeah, an old laser disc. Next yeah. Just- how cool would it be if, it, like, or each Are you disc? asking me to stay up for 18 hours straight and watch Twin Peaks? I don't know. I'm just saying, we don't need credits. Like, say the first disc had four hours all together, so you watched it and it was just four hours and yeah, went to right. credits. It'd be kind of yeah, interesting. It'd be interesting. I was wondering about that. Here's the funny thing. It's like Lynch never really seems to want to modify his work, which I actually really respect. I think there's so many director's cuts and things out there, and sometimes it's interesting. I feel like sometimes it kind of dilutes what was done. And I kind of respect the fact, even with a film he doesn't like, like Dune, he's like, well, the film is what it is. Like, right. it's, yeah. I put my stamp on it, and it's it's done. So I feel, I've been wondering, like, would it even be too much for him to modify so, like, the credits don't run? Yes. Maybe even they keep the musical interludes. Because they do that, actually, when you watch them. Yes. Um, Parts three, yeah, and one, four? one yeah. and two, three and four, right? One, yeah. two, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. They, yep. I think, one and two, they actually, I think, even cut out the scene with the giant. Yes, right? they yeah, do. right. That's yeah. not even in there. Part yeah. two, they left in the musical performance, but right. there's no credits. Yeah. It just cuts to music, and then it like cuts to whatever begins part four, and it's kind of like, oh, that's an odd little 
interludes. So I right. feel like the music yeah, is part of it. Yeah, it's hard some of those music parts. Like, you, you obviously you couldn't cut the one where, like, Riley Lynch is playing, you know. Yeah. And the Nine Inch Nails one just works perfectly oh, as yeah. this, like, yes. weird seance. My cousin called it, like, a seance for, like, mm. releasing Bob or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. It just felt like this weird ritual that, oh, so I love that. <laughs> yeah, so good. Yeah, I mean, I think I could see them not having credits and being able to go to the next. Yeah, me ne- too. Next part, but I think you. Yeah, that's the most yeah. I could see him doing is removing the credits and just seamlessly slowing it. Yeah, that would be cool. I'd love to watch it like that. Yeah, it's so funny hearing you know, like before the series came out, they they're saying, "Oh, it's gonna be like one movie," and I kept on, I kept on scratching my head saying, "What? How is it gonna be like yeah. one movie?" Like I could not comprehend that they were actually gonna do this because. In my head, she's like, oh, no, no, you need to have an ending to, at the time I would say, an episode. You can't yeah. just do that. But it really does work. And he's they, doing it. He's yeah. doing it. And the, I know that the Roadhouse music is kind of helping us ease our way to the end of the part. But it really does yeah. work. And I do see it as one story. That's why a yeah. part of me was like, do I want to wake up at 3 in the morning and watch it all the last day? You know, the last I'll do night? That, I'm sure. I, I know. I'm like, oh, the last day? No, I don't want to do that because I'll be too exhausted, I think, yeah. for the last episode. Uh, I want, I'm like, oh, if I woke up at 3 in the morning, I can watch it all yeah. right up to the point to the new one. You would be, you would be too much, but it would be so cool to do it. Yeah. I'm, so like, cool I, to I'm too old for that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, there is at some point I'm positive I'm going to seamlessly watch the 18 hours because I've watched long movies before. Like I went to see there's a 13 hour movie called Out One that I went to see and they split it over two days, so it was like I guess six and a half hours each day, roughly. Wow. Um, And they had little intermissions in between each part, you know, and then like a big intermission in the middle of the day for like an hour. So it was all broken up. It's funny because back then it was like this was like an intense thing to do, like you, like you know. You hardcore love movies, like you go and you sit in the But now people do that casually for binging all the yeah, time. Like yeah. they watch like eight episodes of television in a day and think nothing of it. Like it's not that obscure of a thing anymore. And this is like a weird cross between the two because it is a TV show, but it also kind of operates like a long movie. So it doesn't have those like rhythms and beats where I think one reason it's easier to do that for people with something like Breaking Bad is because it's you're getting a lot of like sort of mini stories yep. as part of mm. one big thing sometimes. But I guess it's serialized. It really is more serialized than episodic. So, Would you guys love a movie theater at the end to do something like that? Give us like oh, yeah, one absolutely. through eight. Oh, That's eight. what I was thinking, actually, yeah. if they did it in the theater. That was oh, that would be so yeah, cool. They were, so, they were talking about doing that. They were talking about doing the first, I don't know, maybe the first two parts in the theater, and I yeah. don't know if that didn't happen. I'm sure cons was more important than yeah. doing it. But I do, I would love that. Yeah. I would love it if they had a theater that maybe over a week over a week period, you know. Show. I like a two dayer. I like a, like a Friday night. <laughs> give us one through eight, and then nine through uh, eight. Well, oh, no, eighteen. It's, That'd it's be too tough. Much. Uh, give me a week. Give me uh, a week. Yeah, yeah. So, Joel, uh, have you started thinking about maybe when the series is over, doing a video essay on the new series? Yeah, I've been wondering, like, sort of what shape it'll take. It's so hard to tell at this point because the series could just go anywhere. Like, nobody would have. I mean, even, I think there have been spoilers out there with something to do with an atomic bomb, which 
I'm now thinking, like, how could people have known that? Because clearly that wasn't some practical explosion right. they made to look like a mushroom cloud. So, like, how did people know that was going to happen? I, I don't know. I'd well, I think to, a Gordon Cole's that, picture in the back of his office. How right, yeah, 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 like, yeah. Hmm, maybe. But, like, it was a pretty direct, like, I remember on Dugpo, like, a year or two, a year ago, I guess, there were people, there was, like, sort of whispers of, like, oh, yeah, there's probably going to be an atomic explosion in the desk in, like, Twin Peaks, which that's is, like, crazy. a really random thing to know. Yeah, that's wow. So I don't know how people knew that, but even with even kind of having a hint of that, nobody could have predicted where last week's episode no, would right. go. So with ten left, it's like, man, there's only one thing left. And I won't say what it is because um, I know you know yeah, no one or both of you has avoided it. <laughs> but there was one big spoiler that came out that was in like TMZ and stuff that shot really openly for everybody to see, and I just keep wondering. Well, I get nervous, first of all, as it gets delayed week after week. Like, oh, no, is this going to be like a climactic moment? Yes. But then mm. I wonder if, like, they did it so openly, like, with people, 100 people standing there with phones. It's like, even if they didn't want it to get out and they were like, put away your phones and mm. stuff, which I think they said, they're still showing it to strangers. So a part of me even wonders, somebody suggested, what if it's just like a teaser? that he shot and it's not actually part of the show. It was like sort of a viral promotion or something That would have been uh, just for fun. But so I won't say any more about that, but yeah, I, mean, I might it, know of it. I don't want me to, but don't say anything, but, <laughs> yeah. but there are, there is an open shot outside. Oh, that, open yeah. shot outside. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't, don't, don't want to get into it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I do yeah. Regret, we won't, we won't detail it. Yeah. I regret yeah. that I saw it because I'm always thinking, is this the yeah. end of the series type thing or mm. yeah. when that happens, it'll be kind of awesome because yeah. it'll be like, okay, now from this point on, cause I think that and the atomic explosion were the only, things that we haven't seen yet that I, I remember hearing about the dog leg and, hmm. you know, these little, and the kid getting hit by the car. I heard some there. Oh, there's, I think there's actually, there might be one other thing too, but that, that might've even been something that already happened. Interesting. Sort of I think there's like two or three things. So, so what you like, it could go anywhere and we really have no idea. Yeah. So it's to get exciting. back to your question, it's so hard to sort of think about where the videos will go because the thing with the videos I made before was, they were created with like an end point in design because the whole point was like people talk about Twin Peaks in a fragmented way and I wanted to give an impression of like one journey to a certain destination. The same thing with this. Like once I've kind of seen where it's all leading, I can kind of go back, pick it apart and think about it in that light. Yeah, exciting. Wow. Yeah. Well, Joel, we are out of time, but we hope we can get you on the show again, maybe even before the series ends. It would be kind of neat to have you on again, yeah, kind of again, maybe one more time, and then have you on again after after yeah. the series is over. Yeah, maybe like when two or three episodes are left. Yeah, definitely. That would be kind great. of are like getting close to the end, but we're not there. You know, we've still got a lengthy epic movie left. Yes, <laughs> I like that. I yep. like that a lot. That would be awesome. So, Joel, can you tell people? Where can they follow you? Tell them about your, your blog and anything else you want to share. You can follow me on lostinthemovies.com and I'm at lostinthemovies on Twitter as well. Cool. And on YouTube, uh, same thing. If you Google, probably if you Google Journey Through Twin Peaks, that would probably be the best way to find my Twin Peaks videos. And you would think everybody listening has seen your video essays, but you ha if you haven't, they're the best. Check them out. The best video essays I've ever seen on Twin Peaks. I love your essays. They're so yep. cool. You got to check them out. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Joel. No community feedback this week. Next week, we'll get into it. But for this week, 
Uh, you can send us those comments, theories, and questions at twinpeaksunwrapped.gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. Keep those comments and likes coming. And you can find us on Google Play, iTunes. Subscribe to us, please. Five-star review. Gets us out there in the wild and give us those uh, comments. And uh, we'll be back next week. I'll see you in the trees I'll see you in the trees Under the sycamore